You're listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through God's Word. the birds of the air and the thorny stones and things that when he talks about the parable of the sower, our hearts become hardened. But he works on our mind the most. Why? Because the mind is the battlefield. The mind is where the battle takes place. The mind is a battle. So God has chosen his word to transmit the gospel because the word touches the minds and can touch our eyes and open up our eyes people need to see the Father reflected in your life. Pastor Dave's going to remind you today that Jesus always showed the love of his Father to everyone around him, no matter the persecution he endured. The Pharisees lived out religion, but they didn't have God's love in their heart, like you need today. Now here's Pastor Dave in the book of John chapter 8, as he continues his message, Like Father, Like Son. thought they were the greatest things in the whole wide world. They were religious men. Oh, they were so holy. Look at them over there on the corner praying as they stood there so everybody could see. Look at them giving into the money as he picks up the money and says, I'm, I'm giving it to you. Know? Look at him. They're so holy. They didn't want to change that. They didn't want to lose their stature. So the reason they didn't understand him was simply because their ears were too heavy to hear. You cannot hear my words. You cannot because your prejudicial attitudes prevent you from listening. Did you ever talk to somebody like that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They were so prejudiced that when you talk to them, it's almost like they're going, da, 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 da. Their ears were blocked. Their ears were blocked. Even after they continued with this mindset, listen to their words in 41C. We have one father, God. Once more, they're claiming to be God's children. Have you ever heard someone say this to you? Well, we're all children of God. Well, not according to what we're studying today. What we're studying today refutes that. In fact, if you remember correctly, a long time ago in a galaxy far away when we first started, John, in chapter 1, in verse 12 and 13, listen to what John writes. He's talking about the word becoming flesh. He's talking about the word that has come down. And he says this about the word. We know the word is Jesus. We know he's talking about Jesus. So he says in verse 12, but as many as received him, Jesus, to them he gave the right to become children of God to those who believe in his name, who were not born of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. You cannot become a child of God through physical genealogy. Doesn't work that way. My children cannot become Christians because I am a Christian. Doesn't work that way. It is not by blood. It's not something that you inherit from your parents or pass on to your children. This dynamic life as a child of God is not by the will of the flesh. In other words, I can't will myself to be a child of God. 
I can't say, today I'm going to get up and live a dynamite life. I'm going to be self-sacrificing. I'm going to have a great attitude, and I'm going to give to the poor, and I'm going to do all these things. Good luck with that. You can't do it in your flesh. You cannot do it in your flesh. You cannot do it by the will of man. You can't be coerced. You can't be pulled or drug into. You can't come into this new life because somebody's pushing you. The new birth can only come from God. Born of God, a child of God. You must be born of the Spirit. This is what Jesus told Nicodemus. You must be born again, born of the Spirit. So once I was born of blood, by the will of the flesh, by the will of man, here I am. I'm a product of my mother and father, Herman and Ginny Shank. I'm their son. By the will of man, by the flesh. That was my physical birth. But my spiritual birth can't take place that way. The spiritual birth has to come from God. It has to come from God. So I have been born again by the Spirit of God to the new life. I'm a new creation by God. He chose it. He did it. They claimed that God was their father. And Jesus says, sorry, guys, but you have it wrong. Let's look at 42 and 43 verses here. Jesus said to them, if God were your father, you would love me, for I proceeded forth and came from God, nor have I come of myself, but he sent me. Why do you not understand my speech? Because you are not able to listen to my word. If you're a child of God, then you would love me because I came from God. If you're a child of God, then you know who I am. You should know who I am. In fact, you should have been expecting me. You should have known who I am. You know, when I read into these things, you look into them and you try to put yourself in there, but I know Jesus is unlike anybody else, but I hear a hint of frustration here. Jesus must get frustrated with them. I don't think being frustrated is a sin unless you carry it further, but I think Jesus is getting kind of frustrated. And you know, when I read the gospel, sometimes I feel like he's getting frustrated with his disciples too. You know, he gets a little frustrated. He always has a smile on the face. Oh, ye of little faith. You know, he, he gets a little frustrated, but he's getting frustrated here. They don't understand my speech because they're not able to listen to their words. They've been blinded to the truth. Why? Look at 44. Because you are of your father, the devil, and the desires of your father you want to do. He, the devil, was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources for he is a liar and the father of it. Well, note the contrast here between the two fathers. You have big contrast. All things that Jesus said, all things that Jesus did were patterned after his father, God the Father. What he was saying to these guys was, everything that you do, everything that you say is also patterned by a father, your father, and it's not God. It's the devil. Right there, the devil. Their father is Satan. Is exactly what he's saying. They couldn't hear the truth because they only believed a lie. They were so sold on the lie. I mean, come on. I've known people that would lie and lie and lie, and then after a while, they would believe their lie. These guys are living a lie. They believed it so much, they're living it. Just as we're partakers of Christ's divine nature and have a union with him, the Father, the wicked people in the world, they have a union also, but it's with Satan. It's with the God of this world. The Pharisees hate Jesus. 
The Pharisees hate Jesus. Satan is a murderer. The Pharisees want to kill Jesus. They are guilty of Satan's crimes against God. They have rejected his rule and his truth. They will do whatever they can to suppress the truth and seek the inheritance by any type of means, illegal or not. They're suppressing the truth. It sounds like something that Paul writes out of Romans who suppressed the truth because they believed the lie. They're believing the lie. Why? Because their minds have been blinded by the God of this age. And Paul writes about this in 2 Corinthians. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, Paul's writing this about the gospel. And he writes in 3, 4, and 5, Paul says, But even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, whose minds the God of this age has blinded who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel and the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. For we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your bondservants for Jesus' sake. Those who are perishing, the gospel is veiled to their eyes because Satan has blinded their eyes. We need to take the blinders off of their eyes. Satan has blinded them with a lie, and they're believing the lie. In that great song, Amazing Grace, I once was blind, but now I see. When I've accepted Christ as my Savior, the blinders go off. And I'm able to see spiritually. And I'm able to see spiritual things. The blinders are gone now. And so I accept Christ, and I walk into this new life, fully been able to see. For once I was blind because of Satan blinding me, but now I see. But I wasn't an innocent victim. I wasn't an innocent victim of his blindness, although he blinded it and hardened my heart. But in John 3.19, it says that that is the combination. When the light came into the world, I loved darkness better than light. And so I chose darkness. And though men love darkness and choose darkness, Satan works and hardens and keeps them blinded from the glorious gospel, the glorious salvation of Jesus Christ. Minds of the believers are blinded. Satan also works on your heart. And he keeps the ground of your heart unfertile. It's like the birds of the air and the thorny stones and things that when he talks about the parable of the sower, our hearts become hardened. But he works on our mind the most. Why? Because the mind is the battlefield. The mind is where the battle takes place. The mind is a battlefield. So God has chosen his word to transmit the gospel because the word touches the minds and can touch our eyes and open up our eyes. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. My eyes become open when I hear the word of God and when I believe, when I choose to believe that Jesus Christ died for my sins, when I choose to confess my sins, when I choose to believe that God raised him from the dead, when I declare him Lord, my eyes are open. I'm no longer blinded. It's interesting though, the title of God of this age is only used of Satan in this scripture. But is it expressed in other passages? In fact, in John 12 and in John 14, he's called the ruler of the world. And in Ephesians 2, he's called the prince of power of the air. And you know in Ephesians 12 or 6.12 what it says. Let me read this for you. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of the age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. And in John 1, 5, in John 1, 5 at 19, he says that people are being swayed away by the wicked one. 
The God of this age, the wicked one, is blinding people. And the significance here is that Satan does rule this world. He doesn't own the world because the psalmist said the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. But why does Satan rule this world? Well, the idea is he won it by a popularity contest. Men chose darkness rather than light. So we chose Satan rather than Jesus Christ. So he wins by popular vote. He wins. One commentator said this, quote, the religious leaders brought up the issue of parentage by insulting Jesus in John 8:14. Jesus replied by explaining their spiritual parentage. They were the spiritual children of the devil. This was evident in that their desires matched the devil's desires, the desire to kill and deceive. What does that say to us? That says we need to be careful. We need to be careful the way we act. Are we acting like children of God? Are we doing the things of God? Are we allowing our light to shine so that men might see our good works and glorify God in heaven? Are we acting like our father? Who's your father? Are you acting like which one? Which one are you acting like? And in 45 of John 8, but because I tell you the truth, you do not believe me. And here is the problem with mankind today. There's a bunch of garbage out there, folks. I had two, no less than two people come up to me after this message on uh, first service, and they came to me and say, what you're talking about sounds exactly like the political arena today. Sounds exactly like the political arena today. There's false and there's truth. And we can't tell the difference between it. The problem with mankind today is that they are more willing to receive the lie than they are to receive the truth. We're more willing to allow the lie to come in. Jesus says, how could you believe when you're so dishonest that you behave like your father the devil? In other words, had Jesus spoken them lies, they would have listened. doesn't make sense. They couldn't stand the truth. Not only could they not handle the truth, but they couldn't stand the truth. They didn't know what truth was. They were determined to hold on to their prejudicial attitudes. They were determined to hold on to their traditions. They were determined to hold on all the things because they didn't want to change. They did not want to change. You cannot escape this no matter how your lives are involved with. Facing up to the fact that you might be wrong is hard. <laughs> Me wrong? <laughs> it's hard when somebody comes up to you and says you're wrong. But we do are set in our ways and our ideas that we don't step back and take a look. We don't step back and we have to take a look according to God's word. We need to do everything in our life and balance it by God's word. We need to take back and take a look at our lives. We need to be like David and say, search me, O Lord. Point out any wicked ways in me. We need to take a step back and look. Does my life live match up with what's happening in the word of God? These religious men can't hear Jesus because they're not of God, he says. They think and act like their father, the devil. They say the right language, but their actions prove from whence they come and from whom they came. I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. And I love all of you deeply. But we have people who pose as Christians, but when you look into their life, you go, something wrong, something wrong, something wrong. 46. Which of you convicts me of sin? And if I tell you the truth, why do you not believe me? Jesus is saying, okay, convict me of sin. Show me the sin I've done. You guys are the holy ones of Israel. Show me what sin I've done. 
Come on, lay it on me. I'm opening myself up. Talk to me about sin. You bring up my mother. You didn't talk about my father. Come on. Show me sin. Christ didn't sin. They had no answer for that because he couldn't find any sin that Christ committed. Like I said a minute ago, he had to repress his anger when they talked about his mother. He had to come at them in a different way because if he came at them with anger, it would be sin. Although there is a righteous anger, don't get me wrong. But he never sinned. They're quiet at that. Why didn't they believe in him? They couldn't convict of him sin. And as we finish, it says, he who is of God hears God's words. Therefore, you do not hear, hmm, because you're not of God. Well, he just throws it and hits him right between the eyes. He hits him right between the eyes and you're not of God. Everything Jesus did substantiated his teaching. They couldn't find one fault in anything. But their response to his teaching brought out the truth about their own lives. If you're responding negatively to the word of God that's coming at you today, then there's something wrong with you, not God. Something wrong with your life, not God. And maybe God is telling you something. Whatever the claims of these religious people might be, they were not of God. For any man who studied the teaching of Jesus and then turned their back on him didn't know God. Did not know God. And because of that, their hearts were not right. This is a heavy thing. This is pretty heavy that I'm throwing out there, folks. I feel like I'm throwing anvils at you. Catch. This is a heavy thing. Because you're here today. And you're listening to God's words. And I just hope that none of you are going to go sitting there, sitting there thinking, boy, what a bunch of gobbledygook. What a bunch of stuff you're throwing at us, Dave. Get it over with, man. I'll go home. I got things to do, people to see, places to go, man. Well, I want to tell you that God is speaking to your hearts right now in these scriptures today. He's speaking to every one of your hearts. I know he's speaking to mine. I know he's speaking to mine. He's speaking to your hearts. Can you receive it? Can you receive what God is sending out today in your hearts? Can you contain it? Is what he's sending out ministering to you? Is it feeding you? Is it nourishing you? Is it going to sustain you in the rears that you're going to meet up today after church? In the arguments you're going to have with your spouse on the way home? Or the kids as they go crazy as you're trying to take them someplace tonight? When you take them up on the boardwalk and give them everything under the sun, and they, you're leaving the boardwalk and they see one last toy and they have a fit? Or is it just something you're sitting there going, <laughs> you're crazy, Dave. You're just saying that because you're a pastor. Well, I'm saying it because I'm a pastor. That's true. But I'm saying it because I believe it. I'm saying it because the Lord has shown it to me. Are you putting God's word into action? Are you actually a doer of the word, not a hearer only? Do your actions resemble your father? And I have to ask, you've been waiting for it, who's your daddy? Your actions resemble your parentage. Your actions resemble from whom you are. You can very quickly tell who your father is. He that is of God hears God's words. Therefore, you hear him not because you're not of God. The way I see it, and I will conclude here, we have two choices. We have two choices. Either God is God or he's not. Either God is who he says he is, and therefore Jesus would be who he says he is, or he is not. 
And they're the only two choices you have. Either God is your father because you've accepted Jesus Christ, because you believe in him, you trust in him, you put all your hope in him, you know that for a fact that he lived, that he died, and that he rose again, and now he's in heaven. You know for a fact. And if you put your faith in him and trust in him, you're now a child of God, and you've been born of the Spirit. That's choice number one. If you haven't done that, well, then your choice is that choice. You're left that way. And if you haven't made a choice, you have made a choice. If you haven't made a choice, you have made a choice. So where does that leave us? Where does that leave us? I don't want to leave you in limbo. God loves every single one of you. God sent his son, Jesus Christ, to a cruel and horrible Roman cross to die for every one of you. And the ones out there are passing by. The ones over on the Wildwood Boardwalk, the ones down in Cape May, God did that for everyone. For God so loved the world. Not just a few, the world. So you have to make a choice. And I'm giving you that choice today, which means now you're responsible to go out there and make that choice. You have to make a choice. The choice will always be yours. The choice will always be yours. Am I going to live according to God's standards or am I going to live according to man's standards and my father the devil? You always have that choice. And God will never fight you for the choice. He gives you your free will. It's my prayer that each of you would grasp what is being said today and take it out those doors and many would come to know Jesus because of the way you live your life. Many would see something in you and go, I want that. I don't know what's going on in your life, but I need that. And many would come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Many would come to the knowledge of the truth. That's my prayer for each one of us today, myself included. When we study these things and we teach these things, we're the ones that get hammered first, folks. This comes through us first. We teach it, we read it, and we have to absorb it and listen to it and believe it and, and work with it. Because God is teaching us as well as he's teaching you. It's not a one-way street here. We need to make this happen. This has to be what our life looks like. Let your light so shine that men might see your good works and glorify their Father in heaven. We need to do that so Jesus will be known. It's a long, cruel world. It's coming to an end, folks. Time is fast approaching where Christ is going to return for his church. Will you be one of them? Not because you go to church. Not because your parents went to church. Not because of anything else except you accepted Jesus' sacrifice on a cross. So what I'm challenging you today is to make that decision. Maybe you once made that decision and all of a sudden you find yourself sliding backwards and you can't control the slide and you're looking more like the devil than you are God. And maybe you need to recommit. Maybe you need to turn around, which is what repentance is. Turn around and come back to the Lord. Maybe you're in that position today. Let us help you back to the Lord. Let us be the ones that show you the right way back to God. Let's pray for you. Lay hands on you and let Lord do a mighty work in your heart. And that's what it's about. I don't do this because I want to see you do something. I do this because I love Christ. And I know what he's done in my heart. And if he can save me, trust me, <laughs> he can save anybody. So know that God loves you. If you hear God's words and you accept them and you believe them, then you are a child of God. But if you're blocking God's words, then you might not be his child. I would want to be sure. I would want to be sure. Amen? You are a sure.
The book of John covers Jesus' life and ministry here on earth, but the book begins long before Jesus was born in a manger. He existed with God the Father from the start. So many other religions have some figure they look to or commemorate, but none of those mere men accomplished what Jesus did. Jesus came as a man and died, but then he came back to life because he's God. No other man can claim that remarkable feat. Only God could do this, and therefore, the only true one to follow is Jesus. What might be holding you back today in believing all that God says he is and does? If you have some questions you'd like answered, we'd be happy to try and answer these questions or pray with you about what's weighing on your heart. Please don't hesitate to call us at 609-884-5821. Again, that number is 609 609- 884-5821. Keep looking to scripture for answers and know that we care about the journey you're on. We're so glad you tuned in to A Sure Hope today. You can hear more messages like this one from Pastor Dave at our website. Just click on the messages tab when you visit assurehoperadio.com. We'd love to meet you too. Find out how you can join us for worship at Calvary Chapel Cape May by visiting assurehoperadio.com. You'll also find us on Facebook and YouTube. Links for both are at assurehoperadio.com. There's more to learn from the book of John next time, so be sure to join us again on another edition of A Sure Hope.